בוקר טוב. Today's class is לעילוי לנשמת עזרא בן סלאח, רוח אדוני תניחנו בגן עדן. We are, uh, first, before I begin, I have, a, I have a correction. So I was actually listening to the tape of the shiur yesterday, so I caught a mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. I wanted to clarify it on the thing, on the recording. Steve asked a very good question. So I was, I was introducing the novel idea, which is half-baked, uh, admittedly half-baked, that there, was, uh, there were two strands within Egyptian society. There was Paro'ol and the royal court, and then there were the people. And we don't really have as much of a fight with the people. This isn't my own idea, by the way. I did read it somewhere, but it is still, uh, there are flaws in it. And then Steve, he asked the question, so then why did the firstborn die? And I thought he was referring to when Paro'ol had originally made the command to kill the boys. And then... And then, and then when I listened, I realized that he was asking about the 10th plague yes. of, of why they died. I ended up realizing it. Not yeah. why they died. He said, if, they, they, if their own children died during the right, 10th plague, exactly. how could they love the Jews? Right, right, right. So it was a very good question. And uh, that goes into the discussion of, of who did the plagues affect, who, uh, who exactly was affected by it. Um, from the Psukim, it does seem like everybody, because it says... Uh, um, the Pasuk says from the Bihor of Paro who's sitting on his throne or on, on his chair until the firstborn of the maidservant that was in the, in the wherever and, and even the firstborns of the animals. So according to that, it would seem that it was very, very, very comprehensive, the plague. Which means that Steve's point was good, was a good one. And it was a, it was a solid attack on the idea, because then if the Mitzrim were good to us, then why would their firstborns be killed? That just does, that's not, doesn't seem fair. So uh, there is, I mean, maybe you could squeeze, uh, there's still a debate to be had, but now I now that I understand the question, I realize it was a good one, and I wanted to make sure it's clear. Uh, again, uh, I, I think there are ways around it, but, but I just wanted to make sure that, that that was all cleared up because I know it was a matter of confusion for some people. question because you're telling by the Mitzrayim you can accept. So when they, you know, at the end of the day, even though they were doing good to us, how is it possible that some people... Right, so again, it could be... It, it's it's very hard to know who did the, the plagues affect, right? Even happy amongst... Monday, Saturday, happy, happy Monday, Happy Monday. Um, even, even, even according to there, there are a lot of commentators who discuss whether the plagues were even affecting the Jews. There is a machloket as to the first plagues because only the later plagues say that God made a distinction between the Jews and the goyim. So in the first plagues, there are some commentators who say that the Jews were also negatively affected. So there is some confusion and some doubt as to who was affected by each plague and how. But because also another question, all of these plagues, who's to bl- did, it, I did these plagues... Who's to blame? Maybe they blamed Pharaoh also. Maybe some people right, maybe they did. Pharaoh. Maybe they did blame him. No, but I'm saying all of these plagues, did they, let's say the borders of Egypt, right? Let's say a person lived like uh, one minute outside the border of Egypt. I don't know. In my roof? Oh. He typically does it in a thing. In the office. 
You need this room, Rabbi? Maybe there are more people. We should go to this small room. Okay. Well, uh, okay, let's continue because... Um, yeah, we have a few minutes. All right, we, we, uh, we, I think we cleared all that up. But, but let's say, here's another question. Let's say there was a plague in Egypt... And, and a person lived one minute outside the border of Egypt. First of all, oh, their borders weren't that, that uh, established back then. They didn't have maps of, uh, the, of the kind of detail that we have with the zoning that told them exactly where the border of, of their country was. So, well, let's say I lived one, one minute outside the border of Egypt. Was I affected or was I not affected? Meaning there is some doubt as to, as to how, how the plagues worked. It's very, practically, it's hard to know. So... So that is an interesting discussion. Um, I, I, it was a matter of confusion in yesterday's shiur, and it was bugging me, so I did want to make that, make that clear. All right. But in terms of the original, uh, the, not, the interesting point is that in terms of the original idea where Paro commanded that they should throw all the boys into the, into the river, there are Midrashim that say he was commanding his own Egyptian people to also throw their own boys into the river. So that was a separate, that, that's what I thought Steve was referring to originally, which is why I answered the way I did. And that, and that, by the way, happened 80 years before, because that was Moshe Rabbeinu, when he left Egypt, was 80, and that happened at Moshe Rabbeinu's birth. So that's what I meant by four-generation gap, and, and that's why everybody got confused there. All right. Haftarah of Kitavo. Yes. This is the sixth of the Haftarot. It's the sixth of the Haftarot of Consolation. And uh, it's a beautiful one. A lot of famous things. First of all, you'll realize that the opening seems familiar. Yeah. Where's that from? From Motzei Shabbat. From Motzei Shabbat. Okay. So, we are in Isaiah. We are in Yeshaya. Perek Samech. Pasuk Aleph. Get up and show your light because your light has come. Uchvod Adonai alayich zarach. And the honor of God will be shining on you. Don't we, don't we say it also in the, in, the, in the tikkun in the morning? I don't know. What do you mean? The option to say not on Shabbat. It doesn't matter. Okay. Ki eretz va'arafel le'umim ve'alayich izrach Adonai uchvodo alayich yira'eh. Because the... Yeah, the same way the dark covers the land and the the uh, heavy dark cloud covers the nations. On you, however, God will shine His light and His glory will be seen upon you. So that, what's beautiful about this is that while all the nations are kind of in darkness, in the Arafel and in the Choshech, we, through our connection to Borei Olam, actually... Have light, meaning it is the light that comes from our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which, which, allows us to step out of the darkness that the rest of the nations are in. Okay, that, that's a very deep idea. Uh, the the metaphor of dark and and light is 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 a very very important one mm-hmm. in the Torah. In in maybe every religion even had has these metaphors of darkness and light, but for us they're very uh, obviously Borei Olam represents light. The nations of the world will will kind of flock to your light, and the kings will come to the to the rays of your shining. It's beautiful. Look around, raise your eyes and see. They've all gathered, they've come to you. 
Banayich merachok yavo uvnotayich al tzad te'amana. Your sons have come from far and your daughters are being held on the side. You know when women carry a child, they carry on the side, right? They use their hip to, to support the child and then they use one arm to hold the back of the child. So al tzad te'amana is in reference to that, that style of, of holding. They hold on the side. Uh, so, so the idea here is t- very typical of Yeshaya, which is, what's the idea in, in these psukim? That we will serve as a light unto the nations. This is very, uh, a, an idea that's very... Yeah, an example to the nations. Yeah, it's highlighted very often in Yeshaya, and uh, it's, it's one of the key points of the coming of the time of Mashiach. Somebody was asking me last night, what is, what is the time of Mashiach? Now, according to Maimonides... And even a court, if you look, I mean, maybe you could say Nishaya as well, it's more, the coming of Mashiach is more of a national episode. It's a, it's a national success in which the Jewish people get to a point where people look up to them and where people are flocking to us to learn from our knowledge. Doesn't mean that every single one of our lives are going to be perfect, not necessarily, but it does mean that Israel will be respected in the world. Uh, yeah, and it's a very interesting idea. As tiri v'nahart u'fachad v'rachav levavech ki yafech alayich amonyam chel goyim yavolach. The coming psukim are going to describe the goyim coming to Israel from all the distant reaches of the land, of the earth, and and the description in this pasuk is as tiri v'nahart. Then uh, how does v'nahart? Then you will see and you will be radiant u'fachad v'rachav levavech, and your heart. Now, fachad typically means to fear. Yes, anxious. But, but it's yes, more yes. of an anxious excitement yes, in this anxious, pasuk. Yes. It's like anxious, anxious excitement. Yes. And your heart will be anxiously excited. And elated. you know the feeling whenever you're very excited about something that your heart is like in your throat? Yes. You, you, know, you have that feeling, yeah. right? When you're very, very excited about something and your heart is practically in your throat. Every that, morning. Yeah, every morning when you come to class. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, yeah. don't, don't push it. V'rachav uh, levavech. <laughs> Okay, your heart, that, that's described in the Hebrew, it's described, like your heart is expanding, because it's expanding, and it's going, and it's starting to feel like it's you coming breathe. You Yeah, exactly. Breathe. Now, it's a sign of excitement. Yeah. Why? Because the seas will be turning in your direction, all of the people of the goyim will be coming towards you. Meaning, the, the imagery that you're supposed to have in this pasuk is that we're standing on the shores of the Mediterranean, and all of a sudden, we see huge amounts of boats coming our way. Not in arm, not not military boats. No, no, no. They're, they're coming to boats to, that are coming to visit to visit, them to visit the glorious Eretz Israel. To, to what's happening today? To get the from Trump the wisdom. Boats. Everybody, everybody the, the wants Trump, to go to Israel. The Trump boats. <laughs> those are uh, boaters for Trump. Okay. Shivat gemalim techasech bichri midyan ve'ayfa kulam mishva yavo zahav ulvona isau utilot adonai yevaseru. This is so beautiful. Uh, the caravan of camels will cover you, meaning uh, not only from the sea will they be coming, we'll but they'll you. also we'll be coming we'll from the desert, yes, meaning it, you have the oceans and you have everywhere. from the west from everywhere. and from the east. Bikhri Midian the young camels of Midian and the place called Efa, Kulam Misheva Yavo, they come from a place called Sheva, Sheva is modern day. Yemen. Yes. She was modern day Yemen. She came. She was the queen of yeah, Sheba. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, married. Uh, right. She came so, especially to see the Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, uh, they, they will come bringing gold and Levona, which is uh, expensive frankincense. They will be coming. And they will be singing the praises of God 
on the way, which is fascinating because we're talking about goyim here, right? Called son kedar ikavtsulach. All the sheep of Kedar will gather to you. The, the sheep of Kedar will come to you, will, will gather around you. The rams of Nevayot will serve you. They will come, they will go on to the Mizbeach, and uh, I will glorify my house of, uh, my house of splendor. Okay, so this is Borei Olam describing how the Goyim will come with gold and they'll be coming with their animals to serve you. And what does it mean to serve you? They'll bring their animals as korbanot out of homage to Am Yisrael and to Hashem. They're going to bring their animals to the Beit HaMikdash as korbanot. What is this Pasuk referring to? So the, the imagery comes back now that Am Yisrael is standing, let's say, on the water and they're looking at all of the boats coming and the boats from very far, they kind of look like flying doves, mm-hmm. right? Or, uh, or uh, yeah, or, yes, um, or, or, or they look like large clouds that are slowly moving, you know, when you see a, a nice amount of boats and they all have their, their white... Um, what, what are yes, they yes. Their sails, yes. and they, they're coming slowly. They move kind of at the same pace that a cloud would move. So, so the person is standing there on, a Medi- on the Mediterranean. He's looking out and he's saying, Who, what are all these boats that are moving like a cloud? And like, uh, like a, a doves on their arubot. Arubot typically, I don't know what, what the translation is here. It typically means like window or something. Yes. So I'm not sure how it's it's translating. Maybe the the yonim would sit on window sills. So I don't know. Okay. Kili imi kavu va oniot tarshish karishona lehavi vanayach merachok kaspam uzavamitam leshem adonai lohayach v'lektosh yisrael kife arach. The all of the the islands are are like waiting for me. They're wishing to come. What does it mean? The islands are waiting for me. By the way, it means the people living on the islands are waiting for me. It doesn't mean the islands themselves, obviously, because they're inanimate objects. The, the people, dwellers. the island dwellers, are wishing to come see me. And the boats of Tarshish, first, they're coming, to bring your sons from far. Their silver and their gold is with them. That they're bringing in for the name of Hashem, your God, and for the Holy One of Israel, that he, he, for he has glorified you. So what's going, first of all, where is Tarshish? Tarshish is very famous, Tarshish. Tarshish is very famous. Where, where is it famous from? We studied in uh, Afshara Yonah, no? Wow, good, good catch. I read it every year, so I must at least learn. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, Tarshish is the place where the boat that's taking you, that, that, that Yonah jumps on, it's going to Tarshish. Now, where is Tarshish? Tarshish would actually be modern day Cyprus? Gibraltar, ah, Gibraltar, which is south it's of Spain. A big community. They all know each other. It's, it's yes, like a 2,000 yes, person community. Yes. It's a very small community. But, but, but I want you to follow. You didn't realize that we're talking the, the south of Spain. Spain. It's big for them. Right, I'm saying Spain is on the far reaches, is, is the westernmost country in Europe. So, which means, and, and this is, uh, so Tarshish is on the westernmost reaches of Europe. We're speaking Yeshaya, destruction of first temple era, because that's what he's having Nivuah for. And he is claiming that the Jews will be returning from Spain. 
which is a very interesting historical um, insight. Inquisition, no? No, no, no. I'm just saying it's an interesting historical insight because either Yeshaya knew that there were Jews who were exiled all the way to, to, to Spain. Spain already or he had a crazy nevoah that Jews would actually be in Spain at some point, which is a very which fascinating... Actually, an, that's an amazing nevoah that he actually big, big. It was, okay. Spain was... It doesn't seem like we'll uh, finish this today, so I, we have to continue this tomorrow. Um, but, you know, that's what happens. It's Lichot. We, we got to... <laughs> You know, today um, I think today because it was the first day here, everything was yeah, yeah. Tomorrow is going to be back. Yes, when I went to the Ben Chaim, he finished unbelievably because he's been here already since one week. Yeah, so he knows what's going on. Really, Ben Chaim has been here already? Yeah, yeah. Since last last week, he was not anymore in our our 